Wexler. Listening to CITR Radio FM 102, cable 88.5, and an Ardoir, the Human Serviette Radio Show. You just heard right there the Apollo Ghosts with Money Has No Heart. Brand new from the Apollo Ghosts, recorded at 152 West Hastings. And speaking of addresses and such and recordings, tonight the Apollo Ghosts are releasing this 7-inch at the Zoo Shop on Main Street in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, with Duffy and the Doubters and Shotgun Jimmy. The Apollo Ghosts 7-inch release party tonight at the Zoo Shop on Main Street. I think it's like 233 Main Street. Anyways, the Apollo Ghosts are always mentioned with the word anyways because the Apollo Ghosts deliver an amazing platter. So amazing. Right now, I'm going to play track two off side A of the Apollo Ghosts, Money Has No Heart. We heard Money Has No Heart. I'm going to play Night Vision by the Apollo Ghost. The B-side, which you will not hear, is ultra cool, lightweight, and why can't they all be like you? On Geographing Records, the Apollo Ghost, as I mentioned, playing tonight at the zoo shop with Duffy and the Doubters and Shotgun Jimmy. That was brand new. We just heard by the Apollo Ghost. And today on the Nardwarty Human Serviette Radio Show, interviews with, from San Francisco, California, Hunks and his punks. And from San Francisco, California, Fat Mike from No Effects. And from Oslo, Norway, Demu Mborgor. 
all on the Nardwar, the human serviette radio show on CITR FM 102, cable 88.5, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. So here again is the aforementioned Apollo Ghost. You heard money has no heart. Now, night vision. Thank you, Apollo Ghost. Thank you. Thank you for the seven-incher. Girlfriends. The punks. Punkettes. Could you please introduce them? Uh, they could introduce themselves. Okay. Hi, I'm Shannon. Aaron. Amy. Michelle. And together you all are? The, the Punkettes! <laughs> the two in the middle are actually the Olsen twins. Yes, could you please explain that? How did that happen? Oh, I'm not. <laughs> oh, the two in the middle, I mean. That's what I meant. Could you please explain how that happened? It's because they when they carry a lot of luggage and they throw their clothes around and they always have to have Starbucks <laughs> and they always take a long time in the bathroom and, you know, stars. They love fashion. <laughs> they live for fashion and to shop. Where is Baby Hunks? Baby Hunks? I mean, who is Baby Hunks? It's a secret. Because I saw Baby Hunks written on somebody. I don't know if I can say. I think baby hunks is a lot of people. Just not the punks. Right. Not the punkettes. So here we are with hunks and his punks in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. So excited. Welcome to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. <laughs> Thank you. But I want to go to Seattle for a moment, hunks. Is it true that no bunny once peed on your leg? I think so. Could you describe what happened? Were you there? He peed in your mouth. Which time? (laughs) Shannon, could you please elaborate? There was a time in Montreal also. Yeah, that was different. He peed in my mouth and then I spit it on Jay Retard. (laughs) Um, But in Seattle, I think we were just in a backyard and he peed on my legs. Does this happen often in a Hunks and his Punk show? Almost every night. And is that why you're leaving the band? 
Pretty much. <laughs> Why are you leaving the band, Amy? Because he pees on me so much. Well, no, how would you describe the pee? Has it ever really landed on you, really? Is that true? Well, the other night he peed in a cup and he was like, does anyone want to drink it? And then some guy chugged it and then spit it out all over us. Not some guy, like multiple people in the crowd drank it. Uh, oh my God, sorry. So was that a success for you? Were you happy and then the girls were angry? I was kind of angry. They were not angry. You guys loved it. The pee all over me? I didn't like that. I didn't that. choose the, the pee to go on you. It just accidentally went on you. I'm completely blaming you. <laughs> Hunks, what is solo J-O? It's about jacking off by yourself. Duh. I love that song. It's an amazing song by Gravy. Train. Gravy Train. And that's when I yeah, last... Yes, and that's when I want to bring back... Do you remember this memory at all of us together? Oh, my God. So cute. I don't remember this guy. He's from a Canadian band called Brass Monk. So cool. This Look, a- you are so hairy. Yes, I wore it especially for you. I remember that. I forgot till just now. Now, I was thinking about... Our outfits are kind of lame in that picture. Uh, Shannon, do you like the song Solo J.O.? That's a great song, isn't it, by the Gravy Train? I've never heard it, but it sounds really good. You look really downsy in this picture. <laughs> no, I'm a bit shocked that you haven't heard any Gravy... Aren't you guys big into the Gravy Train? No. You haven't heard any Gravy Train? Just dropping the photo right there. Dropped it on the machine. <laughs> I don't know what to do. No other punkettes should come before us, and none should come after I have no comment on that. I don't <laughs> well, know. I guess for me, Gravy Train is kind of important because that's how I first heard of you, Seth, through Gravy Train. I love Gravy Train. They have but great I, videos. Really, really good music videos. But actually, it wasn't really through Gravy Train that I heard of you. I first heard of you through Pansy Division, Luis. That's true. What do you tell the people at Luis stealing you from Tucson and dropping you in San Francisco? He started dating me when I was like 16 years old. Illegal. He was like 31. Ew. Not really. I'm just <laughs> um, he didn't actually steal me from Tucson. We met in San Francisco. However, there was a lot of San Franciscoing going on with Pansy Division, and you hung out with Luis a lot, didn't you? For eight years. And you also went to Disneyland with the smugglers and the muffs. Do you remember that? Well, I call them the butt smugglers, but yes, it's true. He did tell me a great story, though, of you guys going to Disneyland, the Muffs and the Smugglers. I don't think the Muffs were there. No, you went with the Muffs, Ronnie from the Muffs, and the Smugglers. Yeah, he has, like, a huge penis. Yes, he was cast by Cynthia Plastercaster. Like, the biggest one in the history of that. And you guys were kicked off the Peter Pan ride for necking? (laughs) How do you know more about my life than me? (laughs) What can you tell the people about that? Kicked off the Peter Pan ride. I don't think that's true. It's Luis. That's not true. You were kicked out of Disneyland. I was not kicked out of Disneyland. Okay, we'll come back. What's the comeback? We were put in Disneyland jail. It's a little bit different than getting kicked out completely. It exists. Disneyland jail? What other Disney characters were in jail with you? <laughs> the characters don't go there. The like delinquents go there. <laughs> Does Hunk surprise you like every day on tour with these stories? Not really. Not at all? Nothing shocking anymore. What was the first thing you decided that things aren't shocking? When the piss came? Like, is that, like, that's just another... You kind of got upset about that, right? No, I don't mind. They love it. I'm actually not shocking at all. I'm, like, super sweet and a grandma. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Now, what were you saying about Michelle and Amy? Oh, they're leaving the band. Because they don't want to go to Australia, Japan, or Hawaii, apparently. (laughs) 
I have to go to library school and learn stuff. I can't do it all, okay? I saw... It's hard. It's hard to do it. Did I see you on YouTube celebrating your birthday? Oh, yeah, I think so, yeah. What was the occasion? You were so happy. Uh, I think I was 31 or something. A couple years ago, you weren't invited. (laughs) I wasn't invited? Thanks. You love me now. It was after I invited everyone to the tiny train over at Tilden Park. (laughs) Only happened at the end of the tour? Is this tour wrapping up now? In the beginning of the tour, it got started with a real bang. What what happened? What caused that? I started being Steven, which is like my name, what they call me when I'm like being horrible. But now I'm Steven Plus lately. It's like the eclipses are going nuts and I don't know. Well, I guess for people watching this and wanting to learn about touring with hunks or just touring in a band, what was it that set it off? What was the particular thing that really started out horribly? Um, I wasn't even late, but... Sure. No, I wasn't. Uh-oh, we're going to get into it again. Watch out, America. Um, we're in Canada. <laughs> Canada is America. I've been wanting to tell you that for all the whole time we've been here. Yeah. <laughs> it's part of North America. Basically, when the eclipse falls and casts its shadow on Stephen Plus, anything and everything could set him off. Anything from, like, asking him a single question to walking and closing a door in the wrong way. (laughs) I'm sorry, I just had a beer and it's, like, gross. Hunks, I learned so much from Gravy Train. In fact, you guys introduced me to... JJ Fad. No what? way. You already knew about that. No, again, you don't care about JJ Fad. But yeah, you told him. I like this. It's so cool. Like, you, I never knew about JJ Fad until you introduced. So thank you, Hunks. You really didn't know about it. No, I did. Because of. When I was a kid. Yeah, because of Gravy Train, I got into JJ Fad. You perverted me. I perverted you. Yeah, right. Yeah, for JJ Fad. What has Hunks perverted you guys into? Oh, gosh. Like, he turned me on to the J.J. Fad. What has he perverted or turned you on to? Mm. Well, first it was Miley Cyrus. <laughs> Am I right? Uh, Poppers. And what have we been listening to? Is Poppers glue? No, uh, it's... Have some. Do you want some? Um, we'll try after, maybe. It's Why not now? VCR head cleaner. No, it's like to make your butt loose for gay sex. I know, but that's what it's made of. It's in my backpack in, like, the small compartment. I actually don't really do it anymore, but I had some left over in my room. Oh, sure. Bring them over. And so I thought I might as well use them up and not waste. It's over there. He's only perverted me out of things. He hasn't perverted me into anything. (laughs) Like what? Um, Gay sex. (laughs) Mostly peeing. Those two things definitely I'm not perverted into anymore. Thanks. He got me into gay sex. You were already into gay sex. She's, like, loves gay sex so much. Um, I don't know. What you're he's killed about. all horniness in me because he talks about it nonstop, and I have to throw things at him because horniness means nothing anymore. Nothing. And we're here live with Hunks and his Punkettes. Now I saw that you guys played Chicago. It's true. It's a, we love that show. Like it was like the anniversary show. Yes. And could you describe what Hunks was wearing? What were you wearing? Oh, trash bag outfits. No, you guys are wearing trash bags. Oh, he was wearing a musical leotard outfit that was hot pink. Now, some people were speculating. What does Hunks usually wear on stage? Like, is this exact stage wear? Yeah. I always, we always wear different things. But, like, how explicit is it? 
Um, once in a while he pulls his underwear down. One time he wore a G-string made of Smarties, those candies, in France, and some people ripped it off, and then he was just standing there with a boner. Some people, like, Shannon, right here, I, like, singing, like, in this thingy, and she reaches over, and she snaps it, and then I'm completely nude. It was hanging by a thread. You were about to do it anyway. Well, I guess because I was thinking about that Chicagogo show, and on the Chicagogo show, you were kind of covered, like, the swimsuit area was covered. Is that because it was a kid's show? You were covered by a note. Uh, you have to ask our design team that question, not me. I thought because it was maybe a kid's show, did you, like, cover the swimsuit area for hunks? Like, was that specially covered there? People were speculating that. I think he definitely tried to be more modest because he wouldn't take off his jacket and bare his chest. And also, I had to cover up my hickeys with makeup. Well, I thought, in case you need something for Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, I would bring you this special oh underwear right here. Whoa. Whoa. Wait, I can't. No. How many times have you worn it? <laughs> Boom. Does that always happen, like with Hunks and Spunks? Not have you worn it, but how many times? It's too big for him, by the way. Did you make that? Especially for Mr. Hunks. I don't think you have worn this. Is it a just? I can't detect anything. Well, this is cool. What over is the tights. It says Western thing. What does that even mean? Uh, they make like tubes for spaceships and airplanes. Oh, you know who loves space, Michelle. Oh, yeah. Can we talk about the phone sex? Sure. You want me to talk about it? Well, Just is, go ahead. And this is not going to cover my things. <laughs> Wear it low. Did you really make this? Yes, yeah, especially for you. <laughs> You're so crafty. You're like a crafty grandma like me, huh? Well, I might have found it specially in my closet. So it's, it goes. It's taken off right now. Wow. But it segues right back. What was he referring to? Well, um, one time I tried to have phone sex. I didn't do it, haven't done it very often, and I told my boyfriend that, I was like, now I'm in a spaceship, and I'm going into, and he didn't like it, and I told Seth the story, and he made a little TV show about it. Back to you, Seth. (laughs) I think that's so funny to be like, I'm in outer space. I'm so horny. (laughs) Clothing you guys wear. You're a designer, aren't you, Aaron? Yes. Did you design the brown polka dot pants that I've seen Hunks and his punks wearing way, 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 way back? No. But I did design the gold outfits that Gravy Train is wearing on one of their records. Oh, back to the Gravy Train. Yeah. How did you meet each individual Hunks and his punks? How did I meet the girls? Yes. Could you please describe? Just going down the line here, Hunks. How did you meet them? Okay, well, I met Shannon at the Eagle, which is now closed. It's a gay bar in San Francisco. That's true. But I already knew about her because of Shannon the Clam. Like the fact check that I did? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's actually very true. I only I don't tell lies. Um, so I knew about her because of her band, and then we met, and it was just like we liked each other instantly, duh. Um, Aaron, how did I meet you? I don't really remember. It was a long time ago. And aren't you playing your Tomorrow Night in a band? No. Bear Wires? Way! <laughs> no. Ew. It's listed. Bear Wires. Aren't you in Bear Wires? No, I was never in Bear Wires. Oh, sorry. I just posed on the cover. It's totally fake. Never in it. Okay. Well, that's good, though. <laughs> I can't even hear those words without wanting to throw up in my mouth. The um drift. There's nothing. Okay, Amy and I met because I tried to fuck her boyfriend. <laughs> we got off to a really good start. We actually hated each other for like a good five years. I used to prank call her constantly. <laughs> and I'd see her out with the... Her boyfriend was so hot. He's like 
corn fed and had like a huge wiener and had these big thighs and wear like really tight jeans and I was like so horny for him and um <laughs> comment <laughs> she, she hated me I almost caused her to commit suicide by accident <laughs> oh no is that true no I just rage and ragedly drunk drove home from the bar one night after Seth tried to shove him in a phone booth and fuck him I was not trying to fuck him we were trying to make a phone call <laughs> phone call to his asshole <laughs> ah, and at the end we have Michelle Michelle um, I was like in love with her band when I was in high school actually it was called Lowly and the Chonies it's true and I love Lowly and the Chonies oh, thank you yeah from LA yep have I ever met you before? I don't think I so. I think I once met a Choni. I like the smell in L.A. Did a lot of Chonies hang out at the smell? Um, I don't remember playing there, but my brother was also in the band. Maybe you met him. You Kurt. were in the Chonies? Yeah, Michelle Santa Maria. It's me. Because yeah, I, I heard that you're, I heard that you're really into Busumi Mucho. I am into Busumi Mucho. Which is awesome Because when I think of that song I think of Michael Lucas at a Phantom Surfer Yes, I love him He's like my uncle And then that ties all back to Lolina Jones Rip off records, right? Yep, that's yep And Shannon, you're also in Shannon and the Clams And you guys have a song called Hunk Hunt have you ever thought of adapting that? I'm on a hunk's hunt. I'm on a hunk's hunt. No, but people try and substitute out words all the time for dirtier things. But it hasn't ever happened like up on stage. You haven't ever heard like I'm on a hunk. No. Every time they play that song, that's what I hear. Can you guys cover it? Could, could the hunks cover it? Um, yeah. Because I, I'm on a hunk's hunt. I'm on a hunk's hunt. <laughs> it's got a great ring to it. Have you seen the video? Yes, I love the video. Great. My brother made it. Now, you're also on the hunt for other types of things. Aren't you there, Shannon? I have a gift for you. You're on the hunt for the... Oh. Yeah! Roy Orbison. It's my favorite. No. <laughs> it's my favorite. Let's see what songs are in here. Are you on the hunt for any of those songs? This is the Canadian issue. That's what I thought it might be special. This is the Canadian issue. Yeah. I want a present. So good. You got one. Oh, yeah. Never mind. <laughs> what about us? Furry panties. What are we, chopped liver? <laughs> you guys can share with me, I swear. You can share with me, too. Thanks, guys. This is so nice. Thank you. Who is Shaka? Shaka is one of Shannon's alter egos. Oh, God. I hope we don't meet her. <laughs> Don't piss me off. So Shaka and Steven get together? Oh, God. Shaka and Steven together is not a good thing. What would be a scenario of that? Of when they get together? Um, they don't really get together, but they're both equally obnoxious. (laughs) (laughs) So fucked up. Shaka is usually the one that protects these little winklings. Winklings? Winklings and twerps. Shaka is always trying to protect and help out. Don't touch me. <laughs> the tour's been going well, though, hasn't it? Yeah. Like at Sled Island, you guys play Calgary. How was that? Mean. You're mean. <laughs> uh, Shaka is a wonderful, wonderful, sweet person. I was kidding. And I appreciate I appreciate you guys being mean on camera. That's great. Is this practice for, like, your TV show? This is good TV right here. How did you know about so many things? Like because you're because you're because you're hunks and it's punks. How do you know about Besame Mucho and Shaka? That's like you're in the van with us. Tell me about the Shimmy Beckers. That was my very first band. Did you, you read an interview, huh? 
You had a cassette. We did. You did a song about hipsters, didn't you? No. I thought you did a song about hipsters. No way. Quote, hipster? Dude. I didn't what are the lyrics for hipster dude? We didn't have a song called that. If there was a song that <laughs> Seth Hunks wrote back when he was very young, what would the lyrics be? I'm a little bratty boy. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I never used the word hipster. Give me a break. You did pioneer quite a few things. Tell me about JJ Fad, but also Twitter. Twitter. Did you pioneer the word biz tweet? Biz tweet. No, actually, that, I think that was my friend Coomers. I love that, though, before all this stuff. It's like, biz tweet, biz tweet. Tweet about something that's not funny and you want, like, to your fans or whatever about a show, you would say biz tweet. And speaking of Daniel, you were mentioning him. You tweeted his ass. What was going on there? Oh, there's a lot more going on there that you didn't see. <laughs> yeah, you tweeted his ass? Could you describe that photo? I don't remember it. It's like a leather jacket and Daniel's ass. I think it was a denim jacket. And I thought, Daniel's not here. Daniel from New Sensei. He's from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Yes, I believe so. Baby hugs. I'm going to reveal. He's baby hugs. You heard it here first. <laughs> There's many baby hunkses. He's a uh, baby hunks. And he is here right now. I'd like to give you a gift from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, the emergency room compilation. This is for you, hunks. This is the gift. And if you turn it over, who's on it but... Daniel, but he looks weird there. Is that Daniel? That's what I was wondering. Is that Daniel? Daniel. Can't tell. This is Andrea. I love her. And this Emery. is I know all the, some of these girls. And what can you tell the people about New Sensei from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada? Um, they're like the best band, I think. Not the best ever, but one of them. And how did you meet them? Because didn't New Sensei hook up first with the clams? Is it to do with... Shaka? It's through me. It's all through me. It's all Shaka. No, we start, we... we like house party or something? Uh, we played with New Sensei, yeah, at a house party in San Francisco, like, two or three years ago. And then after that, whenever we came up to Vancouver, we always played with them and love, love Daniel and Andrea. And then Daniel wanted to drum for the clams when our regular drummer couldn't come. So he filled in, and then they fell in love. It was like love at first sight. And there's more stuff inside, like there's more pictures if you want to examine them. You need to jack off later or something. <laughs> ba boom. And it always comes back to J O solo time. <laughs> now, Amy, did you train as a psychic? Were you a psychic? I, w I am, and I did, yes. Uh, are you going to do some more psychicking at all? Have you done any with the band at all? Can you predict anything? I've been predicting some things, but I was just telling the girls that for a week I felt like I lost my libido and my psychic powers, but I feel like they all came back at once. And how do you feel that? How does Amy feel stuff? <laughs> uh, She's a psychic. It's just like mojo. What about all the t-shirts and stuff for Hunks and his punks? Are they all hand sprayed like that? Because I noticed some hand sprayed shirts. They're, it's a secret, but I do them all one by one. And it's, how do you do, do you, are you getting good at that doing it yourself? This is not a good example because my lipstick ran out, okay? <laughs> it did run out. And then I tried to borrow hers and she's like, it's too expensive, sorry. I did say that. Well, what can I say? I'm trying to save money. Be thrifty. I was for once in my life. <laughs> now, Hunks, where were you when Tammy Faye Baker died? I was, I don't know, but I was really sad. I think I was on tour with Gravy Train. And Tammy Faye Baker, of course, was married to? Jim Things. 
with Jim Baker. I know, but not forever they weren't. I don't like to think of her like that. Well, I would like to think of her like that because I have another gift for you, Hunks. A Jim Baker record. Oh, uh, cool. Oh, my God. He, yeah, he is in space. Yes. Wow. Cool. I wish it was mine. Well, maybe if you don't really like the Baker, maybe you could give it to Michelle. Ding, ding, ding. Look at how generous I am. You don't want her getting horny in the van. Oh, yeah. She's going to get too too horny for this record. (laughs) You killed corniness. She doesn't believe in (laughs) I don't believe in being a horny anymore. Who is Tony? (laughs) Tony's our revolving wrangler. Tony's really hot. Cute Cute at best. (laughs) Is he going to bring over the glue? Sometime, I wish. Hey, bring the stuff. Hey, well, can we just introduce you first? Please introduce Tony if you could. This is Tony. He's the (laughs) best. He's like our manager, but also like our roadie and also like the person we like to abuse when we're feeling grumpy. I don't abuse him. Only he does. Isn't he cute? He used to be in a band called Harlem. But then, um... He quit, I guess, because he couldn't handle their craziness. (laughs) From Austin, Texas, right? Yes, from Austin, Texas. Friends of Gerard Cosloy? Uh Buddies, you know. He broke you guys, right? Uh He he broke us. (laughs) (laughs) You put out that compilation, right? Yes, that one. So what was the glue that we were talking about in the interview? Oh, that's uh, poppers. It's it's amyl nitrite. (laughs) It's a drug. And how many times have you been asked for it by Seth on this particular tour? None. I keep asking him for it. Yeah, I don't do that stuff anymore. It's true. But you had it in your bag. Well, I, I found it in my room, and I think it's like a cool stage trick, but then I always get drunk and forget about it. Well, as we wind up here with Hunks and his punks and Toe... Tony. 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 How hard is it to get kicked out of Hunks and his punks? I quit, so I wouldn't know about that. Same. <laughs> but it's great, though, that you're still doing oh, yeah, the interview. I say about that. If you're a girl, it's really hard to get kicked out. If you're a man, it's going to happen, like, no matter what. But it's great you're still doing the interview, like the commitment to do the interview. I love everybody in this band, and I'm sad. So you two guys are both leaving after this tour? Yes. Sad. And what does it take to audition for Hunks and His Punks? Are you going to have to look for more members? It's a secret. Hmm. I don't know. What does it take? We need someone that can shred on guitar and is really easy to get along with. And is never late. Doesn't like the shop. <laughs> yeah. Guess anything else? I just I, I feel I should hand you the mic. I, I just feel inspired to audition for this great band. Oh, they're starting their own band, actually. They could tell you about it. Yeah. It's called Ashante and the New Age Sluts. <laughs> And it's starring Michelle and I as Ashante. It's disco. And we have, like, really hunky dudes with their shirts off wrapped in, like, togas. She said. And they're going to be lined up in an aisleway, and we're going to disco dance down the aisleway, and then we're going to bust out with our hit songs. Uh Uh-huh. Too bad they don't have any hit songs. (laughs) Excuse me. Just songs. (laughs) Lastly here, what's the importance of coconut water? Just don't Uh, get the diarrhea size. (laughs) It really, really helps with uh, a hangover. She, Shaka knows all about that. Yeah. And you, Hunks, you kind of like the Boone's Farm Fresh alcohol? Uh, that's like when I was a teen, which wasn't very long ago, but I'm over it now. <laughs> well, could you explain about that? Because that's very interesting. 
Oh, it's like really sweet, and I love sugar and stuff, so it's my favorite drink to get drunk off. Anything else you want to add to the people out there at all, hunks and his punks? Um, oh. Hello. <laughs> We've said it all. We're auditioning for members. <laughs> really cool ones, okay? Only. Um, I'd like to not add, but I'm wondering why last time I met you, you were wearing something way sluttier, and now you're covering yourself up so much. <laughs> Uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> you don't know. I didn't want to duplicate it. You don't want to do the same thing over and over again. You want to mix it up. I want to see you try on my thing. I wore this only once before for an interview, the shirt, when I talked to Fergie from the Black Eyed Bees. I relate to her so much because I always pee on stage, too, but, like, usually in my underwear. <laughs> well, thanks so much, hunks and his punks. Keep on rocking in the free world and do 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 Doodly do!
you're still listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, 88.5 Cable 2. We can put that in there if you'd really like to. And that there was Hunks and his punks with If You're Not Here. And before that, an interview with Hunks and his punks from San Francisco. Coming up right now, an interview with Fat Mike from No Effects from San Francisco. But before that, here's something by Gravy Train Solo J O for Hunks and his punks. <laughs> My name is Fat Mike. You know who the fuck I am. I'm Fat Mike. You've interviewed me like six times before. How did you know that? That's 
exactly what I was going to say. Look at this piece of paper. What does it say? Six interview. So you're actually adding that because I was going to say, do you remember that I've interviewed six times before? Uh, lucky guess. Well, this is the sixth time and I was thinking, do you remember anything about any of those interviews that we've done, Fat Mike? I think this is the most sober one. Do you know anything specific, though, about those interviews? Remember the last time I talked to you, I gave you a book by Chris Walter. Oh, yeah, Personality Crisis book. Thrilling. Well, here you are in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada again, so I thought I would give you yet another Chris Walter book, Fat Mike, and this time it's Arg Fuck Kill About... The Story of the Dayglow Abortions. So what do you think about this potential for a good breed? Uh, well, I like Personality Crisis a lot. Uh, Daigle abortions were entertaining for the first, I don't know, 45 minutes. But when they played for two and a half hours, it got kind of old. I don't know. I haven't seen them that many times. And Jesus Bonehead is kind of a, uh, you know, he's one of the most annoying people I've ever met. I think it's great that Chris is pumping out these books, isn't it? Like, Chris Walter's totally pumping out these books on Canadian punk rock. Well, yeah, because he's probably getting some kind of a grant from the government, right? I don't think actually he gets any grants. He just does it because he loves it. That's kind of cool. For your upcoming possible hardcore EP inclusion of tunes, will there be any day glows or personality crisis? Because I know there's going to be some stretch marking. Uh, no, there will be some stretch marking. But I'm going to put this book down. I don't hold it anymore. Oh, it's for you. It's a gift. Okay, but I don't want to hold it because we're going to be doing this interview for who knows how long. <laughs> Thank you, Fat Mike. Welcome to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Yeah. I thought you shared something in common with the day glows, like the PMRC can can suck on this. Did they have something called that? Well, they got hassled by the PMRC. Remember they got all that in trouble? Yeah, because the the their album cover. Yeah, I remember that. I'm like, here we are in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. I just gave you a book by Chris Walter. I'd like to ask you about another book. No, I, I decline. Here is the other book I would like to ask you about. Oh, I have this book. What do you think about this book? Destroy All Movies. All about... It's a terrible book. Joey Kate from Lagwagon gave this to me. It's a pretty terrible book. I think they included any movie where someone may have been wearing a Dayglow shirt. It's not really about punk movies. Well, I love it. It's really great. Like, the great documentation in there. Like, they have those call sheets and stuff like that. There's some good little tidbits. You know, you don't, you don't have what people call discerning taste. You like pretty much anything. Baboon. <laughs> and Fat Mike, hold on one second here. Why don't we have you... This book down, too. Well, actually, I wanted you to open to page 280, if you could, where the marker is. Okay. Because you were represented in this book. Do you know that? No, I didn't know that. No Effects is represented in this book. And what do we see right there? If you could look under Punk Rock Summer Camp. Could you read that review? A document of van-sponsored warp Tour featuring Rancid, No Effects, Cherry Pop and Daddies, and others. Wow. And specifically, the review says... Fuck. Goddamn shit-eating garbage. Poo-poo, pee-pee. Sycophant down. Sycophatic. I never use it like that. Sycophant. I know what a sycophant is, but a sycophantic... Okay. Sycophantic down syndrome. Money-fucking eight-brain horse asses. It just keeps going. So this is how you're represented. This is how Fat Mike is represented and remembered in punk rock film. Did they miss anything? Uh, it wasn't very much of a review, was it? Well, what do you remember about that particular film, and have you been in other films? Uh, I've been in a few. <laughs> I just did a cameo in, a in, I guess, what you would call as a sadomasochistic porn movie. What's the title? <laughs> oh, you know, I got to find out what the title is, but 
I'm in a parking spot and the dominatrix asked me if I'm leaving. I said, yes, I'm leaving. And I back out and then some other girl steals her spot and they get, and a fight ensues and then, you know, one of them gets raped by the other one. So, you know, I wasn't really in the movie, but, but I'm in there, in the beginning. Were you ever in Quincy or Chips or anything like that? Were you ever in extra in those punk rock Hollywood productions? That's totally false. I, I, was sca- I deny that. I know El Jefe denies that, and of course I want to verify it, because I believe everything too. Not only do I, well, I, I love everything, I believe everything too. Mm. Okay, well, I'm, I'm a pretty uh, truthful man. But any other comments about Destroy All Movies? I think it is a great book. It is kind of cool that he did that, right, Fat Mike? I, I, uh, I prefer Chuck Palinic, you know. Uh, I, I really don't think, I think it's a terrible book. I, I, I flipped through it, and you saw the review of the Warp Tour movie. But what about the Warp Tour movie? What do you remember about it? You know, you read the review. What happened in that movie? What do you remember about that movie? Who cares? It's just a bunch of stupid punk bands playing a show. It's 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 not really a movie, right? It's a uh, it's a, like a long music video. Fat Mike, I have some. I, I do like the cover because that was a classic movie, class of nineteen eighty four. I liked it when the guy got sawed up, like his arm got sawed up in a bandsaw. That was awesome. It was good. I mean, it's bad, but for the time. Fat Mike, here we are in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, as I mentioned, and I have some lyrics here for you. Quote, crazier than Gigi, more PC than... Well, Ian. That's something you said. Yeah, true. Now, when was the last time you saw Ian Mackay of Fugazi Minor Threat? Uh, I think I saw him a couple years ago in D.C., have you had any conversations with him, or has he had any conversation with you? I saw him at the IEFC Film Festival. Yeah, we talk sometimes. He's a nice guy. Now, also mentioned here is, quote, crazier than... Gigi. Gigi. And I have a gift for you, Fat Mike. Right here, what do we have but... Could you open this up? What could this be, Fat Mike? Oh, a butt plug? I don't know. What is it? <laughs> Why is it in a towel? Oh, that's kind of gross. That's cool. This is this is spectacular. I will be putting this in my paltry punk rock museum in Las Vegas. That's what I heard about. It's got all this neat stuff in this museum you have in Vegas. I'm put this in Vegas. That'd be so, great. Thanks. So that will not go back in the box like you've been putting everything else that I've been giving you. I thought this was a uh, butt plug or something that maybe he used on stage at one point. Well, that towel is. Oh, the towel is. Well, actually, could you please tell the people a bit about Gigi Allen here? You mentioned him in song. Did you ever see Gigi Allen? Yes, I saw, of course I saw Gigi Allen. I saw, uh, in fact, I saw him with Joe Biafra and, at the Covered Wagon, and this is what Gigi did. He, uh, this is a good story because our drummer, Smelly, got a job at the Covered Wagon that night. It's his first night working there, so he had to clean up the stage after the Gigi Allen show. Anyway, Gigi was eating X-Lax for a few hours before the show and drinking whiskey, and uh, he just took this huge diarrhea shit on stage, and it just came out like, like this is him and it came out like this like a big pool just so leaky and then he got down and he sucked it up into his mouth and he went and just sprayed it on the crowd luckily Jello Biafra was standing right in front of me and I got behind Jello Biafra <laughs> and he got the fucking Gigi shit on him and I got untouched so what did Jello do did he keep there or did he leave he stayed there my girlfriend uh, oh, she, she was my girlfriend at the time she left. At least, at least half the crowd left, and a lot of people started throwing up. Now, in your ex- I got nothing on me. I was wondering, in your experience from swallowing shit, Fat Mike, do you puke as well when you swallow shit or put it in your mouth? Like, did Gigi puke as well? 
Uh, I didn't get any shit in my mouth. I'm not a shit eater. But Gigi did, though. Did he puke after doing that? He didn't puke, no. Was that the highlight of the show, do you think? Or what else did he do? Uh... He, well, after, you know, he cut himself with the glass, the rolled in glass, and he was bleeding profusely out of one knee. He, he went into the crowd and grabbed a woman that did not want to be there, you could tell, and brought her on stage and just beat the shit out of her. And then some guys tried to beat the shit out of him, and then he kicked a girl in the jaw. It may have knocked some teeth out, but she went home with him. So she actually slept with him that night. It was a pretty crazy night. Did you used to masturbate to Wendy O. Williams of the Plasmatics? Yeah, of course. But not as much as Be- Becky Bondage from uh, Vice Squad. Well, I thought I would give you another gift right here, Fat Mike from NoFX. No, something else you can masturbate to, Fat Mike. What do we have here? Wow, this is awesome. A Wendy O. Williams bobblehead. A throbblehead. A throbble. Oh, is that what it's called? That is awesome. She doesn't look attractive. She kind of looks like a man. But, uh, yeah, she died. Did you ever see the Plasmatics at all? Did they tour much up and down the West Coast? Plasmatics. Okay, I was denied the Plasmatics. I was wondering, where did you see them? They didn't really play punk rock clubs, did they? No, uh, I saw them at the On Broadway in San Francisco, which is a punkish club. I think Personality Crisis played there. Uh, I didn't see them there. How was the gig, and how were they received? Uh, it was stupid. I mean, they, they weren't a real punk band, but, you know, I enjoyed it. I really, the record... Maybe there's one listenable song on their first album. I mean, they were just put together, right? They weren't a real band. Isn't that right, Nardwar? I want to believe that they were a real band. Mm. Well, I heard they were just put together. They found a crazy stripper and put her in a band with a bunch of uh, metal dudes. So where did you masturbate to Wendy Williams? Was it in your room? Yeah. What else would I masturbate? In public? Where do you masturbate, weirdo? I do whatever Fat Mike does. I follow the leader. And we're here with Fat Mike in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. You don't do what I do. Now, speaking of masturbation and stuff and places that people masturbate, you have this new punk rock house that people can rent in Vegas, right? Punkrockhouse.com or something? Yeah, Vegas Punk House. And you mentioned there's a museum there, the Paltry Museum, and now you have two more things to put in the Paltry Museum. What's already in the Paltry Museum? What is the Paltry Museum? Uh, it's a glass case with like 10 things in it. <laughs> That's why it's paltry. One day it'll be a nice museum, but right now it's a paltry museum. We have some, uh, flipper tuna in there. I got, a, I got shoes I was wearing on the white trash tubes and a beat album. I got a fez from the Gibby Gimmies. I have a Lesson Jake bobblehead, you know, an award that Gimme Gimmies won once. Now, flipper tuna, where'd you get that? Did they sell that? That's incredible. I don't know. It's a flipper tuna can, and my friend gave it to me. Also, there's a no-effects Cisco bottle. We made Cisco labels and sold alcohol. So, you know. But now, as long as uh, nice people like you keep giving me things, the museum is going to get better and better. And there's a lock on it. Well, I have one last thing to give you, Fat Mike, for the Paltry Museum. And what could that possibly be right here? Everything up. Uh... Another bobblehead? <laughs> yeah, the dwarves. Throbbleheads. This is awesome. How do you get those things? You can see his butt here. Well, actually, Agronautics, the people that make these, there's a guy called Clint. He wants to do one with you, like you and El Jefe. What do you think about that? I'd be into that. I'll do it. Would it be like you and El Jefe, or what sort of throbblehead would it be? Uh, I don't think it should be me and El Jefe. It'd either be me and Melvin, or just me. But, uh, 
our drummer would not be invited at all. We don't, we don't need that guy in here. Although, good story about Gigi. Thanks for bringing that one up. I love it. Yeah. It was, it was uh, I think, I, I had heard it was his most infamous show. But, you know, who knows? I, you know, I just watched Hated for the first time a couple months ago. Before you put away what? blood, guts, and pussy, I want you to mention the dwarves because I saw pictures of the dwarves and posters in your punk rock paltry or in the museum or in the punk rock house in Vegas. Where'd you get all your posters? What do you remember about the dwarves? Uh, I don't know. They're fair. They're okay band. I like Blag. He's an interesting man. I don't know. I stole a bunch of posters from Epitaph. So I got some dwarves with one. No big story there. I also have a dungeon in L.A., but we don't, write, we don't rent that. Rob Halford has a dungeon, too, in Phoenix. Phoenix? That's pretty cool. Maybe you could do, like, a house swap or something like that. Have you met Halford at all? No, I haven't. But, uh... Huh. Now, what would be... In- he has a probably, probably pretty gnarly dungeon. Oh, yeah. He said he has all sorts of interesting stuff in it. What do you have in it? Like, what makes a dungeon? Like, how do you know I don't have a dungeon? Like, what is a dungeon? Well, I date a dominatrix. So, you know, she works out of there. So, there's a, what, what makes a dungeon? Uh, gynecological table. Lots of needles, lots of whips, uh, <laughs> slings, hang people from, s- suspension racks, a couch for sitting, uh, there's a refrigerator, <laughs> and, uh, a bed, lots of tools to hurt people. Fat Mike, in Vegas, you went to the Adult Video News Awards? Yeah, Network. AVNs. Did you know anybody there at all? Well, my uh, my girlfriend was nominated for two awards, so yeah, I knew some people there. Who did you know? Like I know Joanna Angel from Burning Angel. Uh, I uh, I know some dominatrixes that were there. No, you also went to DomCon too. What's DomCon? <laughs> Domination convention. It's where all the dominatrixes come to get together, talk shop. And where is that? That's at the LAX Hilton. So was all the domination stuff centered around L.A.? Because you told me a long time ago about a place in Vancouver that has some wicked dominatrixes. Vancouver? Yeah, in Vancouver, last time after the Warp Tour, you were mentioning, we're going downtown and there's some dominatrix action happening. Oh, you know, that, that wasn't that happening. Toronto was way more happening than Vancouver. But I don't, I don't see dominatrixes anymore. Because you have your girlfriend. Mm-hmm. That we can check out on the web at... She's somasnakeoil.com. Her name is Summer Snake Oil. Her website's pretty wicked. Which segues into my next question quite nicely, Fat Mike. White Snake, did you play a gig with White Snake? Yes, we did play a gig with White Snake. Who hasn't, really? <laughs> now, how many people were there? I heard it was like 200,000. Is that the biggest crowd you've ever played? No, you heard wrong. Someone told you a lie. What happened is there was only 1,500 people there at a festival, and the promoter went bankrupt. I thought it was the biggest gig you ever played with, White Snake. No, it was, it was one of the uh, most meager shows we've ever played. And it was in Europe? Yeah, it was in Europe. It was a while ago. We almost didn't play, but the guy gave us money. A lot of it was in coins. What sort of coins? Deutschmarks, okay. Did you have a hard time redeeming those? Well, no, it was in Germany. But did you go to a bank after? That would have been really neat. I didn't go. Somebody went. Tour manager. Getting booed. Did 25,000 people boo you at a Pittsburgh Pirates game? Get your story straight, Nardwar. It was 35,000 people. Maybe, well, that's how many people they were there, but maybe not all of them were booing. 
25,000 possibly. Maybe, yes. It was possibly the biggest booage, you know, since uh, George Bush at Obama's inauguration. <laughs> Can you set the scene? This- Two million people booing one person. That was a lot. That, I think, was the biggest boo of all time. Well, actually, it was really sad that Wesley Willis didn't get to see that, eh? That would have been a great moment. Yeah. Set the scene. It wasn't no effects. It was me first, right? Yeah, me first. The Gimme Gimme's got hired to play a baseball after a baseball game during the fireworks show. And uh, <laughs> we came out and played what some of the baseball players' so- songs they said were their favorite songs. But we kind of purposely crushed, you know, we ruined them. But we opened up Stairway to Heaven and Joey played it really badly which we thought was really funny <laughs> and uh people thought we were actually bad which we are actually kind of bad and they started booing and then it just got worse and worse and it, it and you could see me on the jumbotron <laughs> doing this <laughs> it was awesome with green hair so did you still get paid or did you get paid in advance uh well we they hired us for three nights and after the first night, we got fired. But we still got half the money. Do you know who got replaced? Like, who did they replace you with? There was no other bands. They just put on fireworks. <laughs> Fat Mike, there's a song called Spaghetti Motel. Oh, it's our song, yeah. Yeah, and I was curious. Is that a white flag cover? How is Bill Bartell associated with that song? Uh, he told me he was writing uh, uh, this, this theme for an Italian... Uh, cartoon for a Spanish cartoon, so he asked me to write the music. So I did. He gave me a few lyrics and I wrote the song. He always has such interesting stuff. Like he hangs out with Gene Simmons and stuff, doesn't he, Mike? Who? Bill Bartell. Like he's an interesting character. When did you first meet Bill Bartell? I love White Flag and all the stuff he's up to. I was dating this girl. We were both sixteen and we were hitchhiking home from Hollywood, and uh, like two in the morning. So the guy was picking us up, and he said, don't get in with that guy. The guy's, fuck you, he'll, he'll rape you. He's a like, fucked up. Don't go with him. I'll give you a ride home. So he gave me a ride home, half hour. So he still says that he saved our lives. The guy who was in the car, his name was Quake. He was a singer of the Stains. And apparently he had a bad, bad reputation for uh, raping people. So, you know, could have happened. What an amazing story. Just by coincidence, you meet Bill Bartell. Yeah. Yeah. Drove me home. Drove me and my girlfriend home. Didn't try to rape us. The bonus to live in Southern California. <laughs> okay. Fat Mike, I wanted to ask you about this particular release right here, which I think is quite incredible. The Fat Retrospective. Oh, yeah. So I'm going to chat too. That's Fat Records. And that's it falling apart. Thank you. I love following your tattoos and noticing them because I noticed the lewd tattoo in the last interview. So now a Fat Records tattoo. Is that new or has that been there for a little while? It's new. Very new. It's just it's a metaphor for the whole record industry as a whole. But they do look like Fat Records, see? And I just wanted to ask you about this particular release because it's quite massive. Like, you open up and show to people. It's like three CDs, a booklet, a fold-out. How expensive is it to do something like this? I don't know. Like, Three bucks? Four bucks? Is that interesting? Well, I think it's a great package. I guess I was curious. Do you sell many CDs? How did this do? I think we did about 25,000 of these. We did pretty well. I, I think it looks great. I love it. How about for selling CDs, though? What is your views on the record industry? I mean, you showed it via the tattoo that maybe things aren't going so great. Is this mine, too? Do I like to keep this now? Because I have plenty. 
if you'd like, you can possibly and install it tonight, eh? <laughs> okay. Uh, we still do pretty well with CDs. You know, we have this band on tour, this old man Markley, and I have their sell their CDs for five bucks, and they've been selling well over a hundred to two hundred a night, somewhere between a hundred and two hundred CDs a night. Crazy. They're opening. What's the most CDs? I think you just have to be a really good band to sell a lot of CDs. What's the most CDs you've sold in one night you remember? I once asked the band Simple Plan, and they told me they sold 1,000 CDs in one night opening up for Avril Lavigne. What's the most CDs no effects have sold in one night in the glory days of CDs, do you think? No idea. Hey, about that, no idea. Don't keep track. I don't think we ever sold more than 50 or 60. But, of course, we were never lucky enough to open up for Avril Lavigne. What's the closest you've got to Avril Lavigne, though? Uh, not in one of those big, huge festivals or something like that where you're headlining over, no doubt, you know? Just uh, hung out, hanging out with Derek from Sum 41, and they were married. What's more fun is when Derek was dating Paris Hilton. That was better. And then he brought her to the video shoot. Yeah, he brought her over to my house, too, for a party later on. She went on my computer. She's like, can I use your computer? Oh, okay. And she looked up uh, ParisHilton.com, and we're like, are you for real? Oh, there's new pictures on here every day, she says. <laughs> So that was my experience with Paris Hilton. Fat Mike, here we are in Vancouver. This looks like, it looks like uh, something a clown would cook in. That's what kind of shirt that looks like. Would, like. would you like to use it for me first? No. That's what it looks like. If there was a clown, a clown restaurant, that's what the chefs would wear. Fat Mike, Quebec. Did a cop shout out you guys in Quebec on this tour? Yeah, I was walking down the street with my girlfriend. And cop pulled over, uh, opened the window. <laughs> he said, Fat Mike, what's up? Yeah, no effects. That's cool. Has that ever happened before? No. Like that would ever never happen in America? Well, it could happen in America, but well, I guess we're more famous in Quebec. Fat Mike, did you at one time open for Adrenaline OD? Of course, who hasn't? I thought that was like your first gig. I think it was our second. It wasn't our first. We opened for Justice League at our first show. What do you remember about that? And why? Who hasn't opened for Adrenaline OD? Did they play a lot of gigs? <laughs> well, they're so great. A lot of people opened for them. We opened for them a few times. And we stayed at their girlfriend's house when we were in Jersey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what was the girlfriend into? I think, was the sister dating like The Clash or something like that I read? Oh, I don't know. But uh, their drummer, Dave, is a stand-up comedian. Dave. Can't remember his last name. Uh, they just—they do it. They just did a reunion, I think, in Connecticut in June, or on tour. Couldn't make it. Fat Mike, what can you tell the people about Sacramento's Rebel Truth? Uh, is this interview getting a little long? Uh, I think it's getting a little boring. Winding up here with Fat Mike, what can you tell the people about Sacramento's Rebel Truth, a band that you're possibly playing homage to? Yeah, I don't know a lot about them. I, I have their seven inch, and I never heard anything about them. But I have their 7-inch, and it's pretty good. Lastly here, Fat Mike, the Thistle Hill Tavern. Cheese, yuppies, beans. What can you tell the people about that? I don't know how I got into that. I opened a restaurant in Brooklyn, and Time Out voted it best neighborhood restaurant of New York. It's pretty good. Good food there. The cheese is really good there. Is the cheese good? I don't know. It's the best falafel I ever had. Are you going to expand it to Vegas at all? No, I don't think so. How did you get hooked up with them? Was it your cook or something? No, uh, just some friends of mine. They found a place, and they were friends with the cook who won one of those shows on Food Network. She won Chopped. So, 
And you urge people to order the Howard Hughes? Yeah, it's a good drink. What's in the Howard Hughes, Fat Mike? Lots of gin and other things. I don't know. Something's muddled. I think there's muddled cherries. I'm a big fan of muddling. Fat Mike, how was Baltimore? What do you mean, how was Baltimore? You, you, have you seen the fucking... Uh, that, that show? <laughs> the Wire? That's what Baltimore's like. But you built it up. We're playing Baltimore. We're playing Baltimore. This is a tune-up for Baltimore. Well, yeah, I was being facetious. Well, I was believing that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Baltimore is uh, really no place to be. Fat Mike, anything else you want to add to the people out there at all? <laughs> sure. Uh, ch- check me out. Well, thanks so much, Fat Mike. Keep on rocking in the free world and do do the loot do. Do 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 do. Almost, Fat Mike. Do do the loot do. Perfect. Boop. Still listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 88.5, and Denard War, the Human Serviette Radio Show. You just heard right there, no effects with Spaghetti Motel. And before that, an interview with Fat Mike from No Effects. Coming up, an interview with Dumu. Borger from Oslo, Norway. But before we get to Demu Borger, speaking of hamburger and such, I have a track here to play with and by Mike Edison. And the track is called Gigi Allen Died Last Night. He's backed up by, among other people, John Spencer on this track. So here's Mike Edison with Gigi Allen died last night and in an interview with Demu Porter. 
Berger from Oslo, Norway on the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. Silenos. From? Dimu Borger. Welcome to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Thank you. Right off the bat, I would like to give you a gift from Norway. What can you tell the people about the ski? Uh, Jaitost. Ski queen. Jaitost. Which is? Brown cheese or like goat cheese. Now, is this a good gift for a Norwegian? It is. It's, it's a very Norwegian thing, actually. And uh, as you can see, that is, you know, the cheese cutter is also a Norwegian Invention. I love it because it also looks like a tongue too, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, a cow tongue maybe. Which like ties into you guys because you cover Twisted Sister, you know, tongue. Ah. That's true, yeah. yeah. What sort of right meat goes with back to the ski queen? Uh, I don't know. Uh, it's hard to tell, but uh, you need to have, uh, I don't know, moose meat maybe. That, that'll fit 
for no Norwegian Timu burger. That would be great. Now, for Dimu, when you're on tour, is it more hot sauce than it is cheese? What's the hot sauce crew? It's definitely a lot more hot sauce. <clears throat> we haven't had um, the pleasure of finding any really good hot sauces in the States yet or here in North America. So we're always on the look, you know, for the for the hottest, spiciest we can find. Like to make you cry? Yeah, to make you really hurt. Like you cringe on the floor, you know, that's that's what we want. Does Dimmu's music make anybody cringe and cry? Have you ever seen that at a gig? I'm, I'm sure, yeah, both uh, in a positive and negative way. Eh? I'm, I'm most sure of it, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of food and stuff, the band Turbo, Turbo, Turbo Neg. Turbo ne- uh, Negro, yeah. Yeah, Turbo Negro from Oslo. Yeah. They have a pizza restaurant. I was wondering if you've ever been to their pizza restaurant in Oslo. Have you heard about this? No, I haven't. I haven't. I didn't know they had a pizza restaurant. That's what I was wondering about food in Oslo, in Norway, like pizza in Norway. What would it be like? It's it's okay. I mean, um, there's uh, the best pizza is the one you make yourself. I would say, you know. I really love Turbo Negro, though, the way that they look. They are great, you know, Scandinavian leather. What do you think about Turbo Negro? I never asked somebody from Norway what they actually thought about Turbo Negro. Have you ever played with them in Dimu? Yeah, we have. We have, uh, I think we played the same festivals uh, once or twice. And uh, yeah, I'm a huge fan of Turbo Negro. They were used to, or I think they originally were supposed to be called Nazi Penis, which is uh, for me a much cooler name, but uh, yeah. So they have a pizza restaurant, which makes me think of crust, and they have this new genre out of black metal, blackened crust. Have you heard about that? Yeah, I've heard about it, but I just don't really understand the term, really. It's like black metal and punk, blackened crust. I just love that name, blackened crust. Yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. I mean, it's uh, probably not my uh, cup of tea, but uh, yeah. What do you think about punk rock music? Like Amulet, Amulet, punk rock. It's it's alright. I I like old school punk, you know, like Sex Pistols, Ramones, Misfits, stuff like that. That's that's more punk to me, you know. Where did you buy your punk? Did you ever buy any punk at Helvet? What was Helvet? Uh, I bought a lot of uh, CDs at uh, Helvet when the shop was uh, up and running, and uh, I got a lot of uh, really nice um, suggestions from Euronymous, and uh, he introduced me to a lot of. Great bands, you know. And now it's a bakery? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. You know, like on the food theme, I thought that was quite interesting. Yeah, that's uh, different. <laughs> now, is it Euronymous or Euronymous? Euronymous. It's a Greek name. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and what exactly did he introduce you to? What sort of punk rock? I was curious. What was he into? It was not much punk rock. It was uh, more obscure uh, black metal and death metal, you know. Um, he had a lot of um, unknown bands on demos and stuff like that. So you could f- get everything from uh, from band like from Peru to, yeah, anything, you know. I noticed that you played the uh, Grammys. Did you really play the Norwegian Grammys? Yes, we did. In 99, I think it was. Or was it 98, 99? Uh, we played on, uh, live on TV. In the best uh, best time of the night, I suppose. So uh, a lot of older people must have um, gotten their coffee, uh, choking on their coffee, I'm sure. How about Norwegian rock legends like AHA? Have you ever met AHA at all? Yeah, I think we met them once. Um, but there's uh, there's not many other known uh, Norwegian artists, really, that has made it really big. So, 
I was once talking to the rock and roll band The Hives. You know The Hives from Sweden? Yep. And they were saying ABBA were kind of like ghosts. You'd never see them anywhere. So you've met AHA, so it's easy to meet AHA in Norway? I think so. I mean, they're uh, they're pretty prominent uh, figures in the media and the press. So, um, But uh, now they're going to quit, I suppose. They're doing their last farewell tour now, so... I've never, I haven't seen them live, uh, but... Uh, it's great you're keeping up on them. I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> Selenos, could have you got Anton LaVey at all to be on any of your albums? Uh, well, that's going to be a bit difficult now. Because he did play keyboards. I know he's yeah, passed away now. Yeah, he's, uh, he was a musician, but uh, I'm not too familiar with his, uh, with his stuff. Because he played keyboards and he played drums. Did you ever think about approaching Anton LaVey? No. Not at all. Not at all. Did anybody, you know, want to approach him? Because, you know, he's done music and stuff with vinyl like this. This is him playing keyboards. Right. right. No, not that I can think of. But you did research Alistair Crowley for the new LP? Yeah, of course. Uh, but uh, it's, it's not really research. It's, uh, it's more like uh, you, uh, you understand his works and, uh, and his writings a lot more as you grow up, you know. Uh, as a kid, it was more about, you know, he was a... Inspirational type of character, you know. But uh, once you get older, you tend to um, to perceive his works in a different way. So that uh, that helped me a lot when I wrote uh, the lyrics for this album, for sure. What's interesting is Alistair Crowley actually came to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada in 1906. That's true. Yeah. And you know what he said about Vancouver? No. This is what Alistair Crowley said about Vancouver. Quote, Vancouver presents no interest to the casual visitor. <laughs> oh, well, then uh, maybe it's different now. I know there's uh, a lot of uh, strip clubs in Vancouver, and it's known for that. So He continued on to say, it is severely scotch. Its beauty lies in its surroundings. That's probably true, yeah. yeah. I like Vancouver. I always, always liked it here. Now, obviously, Alistair Crowley didn't go up to Hell's Gate. There's a place called Hell's Gate in Vancouver. Right. I've never been there either. But you like fishing, though, don't you? I like fishing, yes. Uh, I haven't had uh, the time to fish uh, so much this year. Uh, but I'm trying gonna do some ice fishing when I get home. And Hell's Gate is interesting because it's on the Fraser River, and there's lots of good fishing you can have there in B.C. Okay, yeah, that sounds good. I'm all for trout and and bass and stuff like that. So, Does Dimu keep up on all the stuff going on in the Norwegian sports world at all, like the Olympics? Did you keep up on the Olympics at all? I do because I'm a, I'm a, I'm a sports fan, you know, I like f- uh, football or soccer uh, and ski jumping and, uh, yeah, stuff like that. So I, I keep up on it. Did you ever see the pants of the Norwegian curlers? Yeah, those uh, <laughs> were quite something different than uh, I guess they got what they wanted, which was attention. To their sport, you know. They'll do other curlers. Do you like curling at all, or like is that? The- yeah, I like it's. It's very soothing uh, on a Sunday when you have a hangover and and you watch it on TV. You just lay back and like, oh, this is just yeah. Their pants were incredible. How would you describe them for people that didn't see the Norwegian curlers' pants? I don't know. Crazy, just uh, unexpected. <laughs> Which sums up Norway and Demu Borger. It's actually, it's, it was kind of uh, surprising to know that uh, they had such uh, self-irony and humor about it, you know, and you, you don't really uh, see Norwegians uh, have that. Not in general. <laughs> On your new LP, was there problems with a skull? Like you want to use a skull, but a skull was copywritten. Can somebody copyright a skull? I don't know. It's, uh, I have copyright on my skull. 
<laughs> what was the deal on that? The cover of your new LP, the cover of the new album. Well, the cover is what it is, you know. And um... did you have to change it or something because somebody had the copyright on it? Nope. Nope. How would you describe the cover? I would describe the cover as very uh, intriguing and uh, very. Um, how should I sell it? Uh, say it. Um, it has something really hidden about it, you know, something really uh, mystic about it. At first glance, it's just like, you know, some skull in the cover, but I think it uh, represents uh, the occult and the unknown in, uh, in a very interesting way. Did you ever see the movie Max Manus at all? I did, and I think it's a great movie. It's very, uh, it's very fitting and uh, very uh, honest and about how it was around that time. Uh, in the Second World War in Norway, so... And you got some training in Canada. That's true, yeah. Yeah. So, um, I don't know if they filmed anything here, no. They only filmed in, uh, in England and, uh, and Norway. I, I was thinking there's interesting connections between you and Manowar, the band, because Max Manus is Man of... War. And the band Manowar, is it true that Manowar named a guitar after you guys, Son of Satan, the band Manowar? I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> I heard that they did. Like, do you know the band Manowar? I thought they're good friends here. The band Manowar. Well, we uh, we know Manowar. Uh, I think we met them the first time in '97, and uh, Joey uh, told me he was a big fan of the band, and I didn't even know that he knew about us. But that's that's cool. Yeah, and one of their guitarists named their guitar after you, and they call it "Son of Satan" after one of your songs. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Like to get a guitar named after you, a Manowar. Like they kick it, don't they? That's uh, I've always been a Manowar fan. You know, I don't care what old people say, but you know, I, I think they're great. Was it true that you guys were almost in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? Uh no. On a soundtrack? We were on. Um, we've been in this in, in different uh, trailers. You know, like the Hellboy and uh, the Stardust trailer. I think we were in so. But uh, not in any movies, no. Did you watch the movie Sicko at all? Yes. And there's something there about Bastoy and a prison. What's the Bastoy prison? That's an old, uh, yeah, an old prison in in Norway. And uh, I guess it was uh, for uh, mostly for uh, for boys, I think, like for uh, troubled boys back in the day. And now they've converted it to sort of like a halfway house sort of prison, like it's a unique prison? I think it's just a museum now, or something like that. I have no idea, actually. Silenos, was it true that cops at one time spat in your face? Yes, uh, when we were um, in for questioning. Um, that was in 94, 93, 94. And um, they wanted us to, um, to admit to uh, burning a church. Uh, and of course we denied it because it wasn't true and uh, and the cop it was almost like in a an American movie where the cop is really like in your fucking face and so I got his spit on, in my face yeah so was he trying to get you to confess then? yes but uh <laughs> and you're Selinos of? Timu Borger and Selinos what about Wasp? they deserve some props don't they? Wasp! I totally agree and uh I've uh, been a Wasp fan since I was uh, six years old, I think. And uh, um, one of my favorite guitar players of all time is Chris Holmes. You know, so uh, he uh, he doesn't get all the props that he deserves. That's for sure. What well, can you tell the people of the band Wardruna? Isn't that a, a somewhat of an ambient, ambient uh, pagan, folkish type of stuff? I think. Yeah, with Gaul from Gorgoroth. Yeah. yeah. Not, Have you seen them? I saw them live at the uh, Viking Museum uh, a couple of years ago. It was really nice. 
Wait a second. Backtrack there. Gaul at the Viking Museum? That sounds awesome. Yeah, they st- I think they in uh, it was during the Inferno Festival and they uh, they kind of opened it up like as a have you ever been to Gaul's house at all? I've seen it profiled in movies. <laughs> no, I haven't. <laughs> Do you know anybody that's been there? Uh, no. Do you have any friends that have houses like way up in the middle of nowhere? Is it really like that in Norway for some places? Well, I have my own cabins in, in the far in the woods. You know, where uh, I have three cabins, and uh, they're not so far away from where I live. But uh, once you're there, you feel like you're far away from people, which is uh, the whole point. Which is great. You guys have the song "Gateways" on the new CD. Yes. And I was thinking about traveling and stuff. When Dimu come up on stage at, say, a festival or at a gig where there's a lot of bands, have you ever come up on stage and found some weird stuff like sheep's heads and stuff like that? I, have, uh, I remember once in, in uh, Sweden there was someone uh, throwing a, a huge salmon on stage, like probably like this big. And, uh, and during the show it started to smell more and more, you know, so, but we could not really look for it because we were busy playing, obviously, so <laughs> there's, uh, there's been some weird stuff here. And you being a fisherman, you're like, why are they throwing the fish? They should be eating it, right? They should be pre- preparing it after the show, you know, but... Have you ever played with any of the faith-based bands like Demi Borger and Under Oath? Have you ever played with Under Oath at all? Nope. Have you ever seen any of those bands? Nope. 777? Nope. That's what they have, like, on their website, under oath777.com. I love that. Okay. <laughs> Winding up, Rosilinos, I was wondering, what is Shempatorsk? Shempatorsk? Uh, that's a, a big cod, I guess. <laughs> that's like a special word, isn't it? Like, Swedes are known to make up fake words in Norwegian. What? Swedes? Sweet. I heard that Swedes are made to make up, like, Swedes. Kjempetorsk is, in, in Swedish, is, of course, uh, a pimp, I think. So, uh, yeah. Like, Swedes have been known to make up fake Norwegian words. Uh, and the other way around, too, maybe. And I was wondering, have you heard of any of these words? Bruce e foil toil. Yeah. But <laughs> what is that? In what uh, connection? Bruce e Fortoil. Gu le boy. Does not make any sense. This is just surreal. Klumpasnusk. <laughs> no idea. Okay, I guess are these Swedish. Uh, these are Swedish words that are made up, fake Norwegian words. Well, that that explains it. So, what was the other way around, though? What were the Norwegian words that were fake Swedish words? Uh, I don't know. I just made that up. <laughs> <laughs> Lastly, here you guys have the song "Renewal." Yes. And I was thinking about refreshing and stuff and going up on stage. Have you seen some strange things of people going up on stage? For instance, before somebody goes up on stage, I've seen clips of bands huffing a bag with a dead animal in it for inspiration, like to get the air for inspiration. Have you seen some weird people preparing before they get up to go up on stage, weird rituals? Not that I can think of right now. We don't really have any any sort of that rituals ourselves, but... Um no, I'm, like for instance, we played with Danzig. Was he in the gym before he got up on stage? That sort of stuff, you know. Maybe it was during the day. I don't know. <laughs> and there's a great punk band from Victoria called the Neos, legendary punk band. And them to prepare to go up on stage, they would jump up and down the stairs wearing sweaters. And then just as they're about to go on stage, they'd whip off the sweaters. They'd be all sweaty and ready to play. Okay, well, that, was, that was like the ritual. I guess I was curious if you've seen rituals like that from other bands. Not really, no. I guess we're just boring in this music business. You know? <laughs> 
Anything else you want to add to the people out there at all? No. Absolutely not. Well, thanks so much. Keep on rocking in the free world and do 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 do.